Happy Friday, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the ZZ Performance Power Hour, episode 106. Yeah. And we're bringing you 3,800, uh. this and that's. Are you drinking flavored TV static again? Yes, I'm <laughs> trying, okay? I'm trying to do the healthier Did you option. mix some vodka in it? No, I'm just trying to straighten. It still sucks. Ryan Derrick's learning how to drink alcohol. No. If you, you but we got, we got Steve, Steve Hickman. Long-time 3,800 modern tuner, parts builder, supporter, uh, myself, Bo, Ryan Derrick, and Turbo Tim, the man himself. Yep. Yep, you know yep, anything yep. about a 3,800? I know a few <laughs> things about a 3,800. Yeah, you dabbled a time or two. I have definitely been balls wow. deep in more 3,800s than I have been in Eco- Ecotex. What kind, yeah. of, what I, what kind yes. of podcast am I sitting in on going balls Yeah, we got 3,800 fanboy, 3,800 fanboy, 3,800 fanboy, and then Ryan Derrick, he just tolerates <laughs> the 3,800. <laughs> he doesn't even do that. <laughs> he hates them. I do it. I'm I not going to lie. He supports them more than I would expect. I, I am very picky about the ones I like, and here at ZZP, we have three of the best examples of three. There are other nice ones out there, but there are three immaculate examples, and – Bose Moose is like one of my favorite cars. I support it and I love it. And, and Zoom's GTP is the baddest M90 around. Baddest M90 around. Then you have Mass Drag cars. Which so is just, it's just Mass Drag. Yeah. Hey, uh, Turbocharged turbo yeah. 400 SBC. Um, maybe you should ask Matt what tranny is in his Grand Prix that runs eights. Yeah. It's a 4T65E. Yeah, it sure yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. sure is. So, speaking of Matt's Grand Prix, what's changed over the years of uh, modding 3800s to compare to how do we do it now? Like, let's say oh, 2004 <laughs> to 2024, what's changed? Um, the biggest thing is that, honestly, the cars were not built as well, so we had way more upgrades for them. It's like, it's actually something that Zoom and I have talked about a lot, and it kind of, it kind of it stinks a little bit for, you know, an aftermarket perspective, but, like, cars nowadays come with a, a pretty good airbox and a pretty good exhaust back in the day like everything like think about a 97 grand prix airbox how terrible that that 90 degree 290s yeah (laughs) like they were bad with your coolant overflow like touching it yeah like just just transferring heat (laughs) back in the 90s and in 2000s (laughs) like an airbox could be a 15 horsepower mod yeah it's not really true anymore so what about 3800 specifically what have we changed from now to then tuning software it's oh huge. God! Yeah. Every back then, everything was AFC this and spoof yeah. that with a diode and yeah, it's it was kind of like what they're what they're doing with the C8s right now, but like that's what we were doing with Grand Prix. Just Prix's full back handicapped the at the time. Yeah, oh, yeah, like we were we were skewing math signals. We were you know playing with IET temps to modify timing. You know, it it was some wild stuff back in the day, and now you know the tuning has just made it so much better. So much better. Yeah, HP I mean, tuners has really changed the game. What's yeah. great, what blows my mind though, is how the horsepower numbers aren't drastically different. For as a big as a, an advantage that the HP tuners has given the platform, we still chase your guys' numbers from 10 to 15 yeah. years ago. Like, yeah. And I think a lot of that has to do with just the overall dedication you had to, uh, you know, making that 3800 make the power and creating the parts for it. And I think a lot of guys um, nowadays think that they, you know, they buy the cam and they buy the headers and they buy the intercooler and they think that 
just because they have the parts, it's all going to come together and work perfectly. And oh that's normally, normally not the case. you got to be very involved with it. And that's exactly what you guys were back in the day is extremely involved in it. Yeah. There's definitely a lot better uh, drivability and stuff now with, with the sure. advanced tuning software. I mean, we, the cars make about the same kind of power, and they, I mean, they went fast, but we all had just gobs of time at the track that I don't see a lot of these uh, 3,800 guys really doing. There's a few out there for sure, but, yeah, I mean, we were at the track every Wednesday test and tune, every major event, every, you know, Very whatever, true. back and forth between both local tracks, sometimes all the way across the state or out of state. Like, we spent a lot of time. Uh, learning how to drive these cars and get the best out of the setups and stuff. And that, that goes a long way, too. Do you ever remember <coughs> some drivability aspects, like two foot in the brake pedal or something at a stoplight? Because the dang idle was so high to keep the thing running or something? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had an NIC car <laughs> in uh, DHP only days. Yeah. It, yeah. There was definitely, you drove it with two feet sometimes. And right. It or wasn't like happy in the wintertime. Yeah, like a left foot on the brake, right foot on the gas pedal uh, to keep it from surging and stalling. Well, <laughs> you know, back when we, we would have to drive, like Zoom, Matt, and I, we would have to drive to Detroit to have Dave from DHP tune our cars. And, like, we would drive around and do some stuff. And then on the way home, like, there'd just be some weird drivability stuff. And you're like, well, I'm not going to drive back to Detroit yeah. and have them This is what this I got for the next month or so. Two to three shifts. So it's like, yeah, I, I just have to deal with this. And now, like, I can, you know, we can make a customer's car shift at whatever RPM they want. Mm -hmm. You know, it, I mean, how many weird requests do you have? Like, hey, um... I don't want my converter to lock until 55 miles an hour. I yeah, mean, Ryan had one the other day. I don't want it to lock in third. I guess if that's what you want. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And and I have people all the time like, um, I want it to lock in third. I don't want it to lock in third for the you know the LTG and Sonic stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, it's it's nice to be able to offer that now, um, to where before our hands were pretty tied. But you know, just to go back to it, like. Um, <coughs> You know, the 3800s had a terrible grounding system, a terrible, a terrible voltage system. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were able to make power cables, you know, alt-volt boosters. And those were pretty neat things. And those were all those little ZZP secrets we had. Like, yeah. you know, a stock fuel pump. We, can, we, can, we could get our cars to, like, 400-wheel horsepower on the stock pump. But it was because we had you know, the alt voltage booster and fuel pump rewires and all that stuff. And nowadays, you know, you can do that on uh, stock pumps. So going off what Tim said, all those mods are double as important as they are now as the cars age rather yeah. than they were 20 years ago. So if you have a 3800, and again, going back to, well, I bought the cam and I bought the intercooler and all this, and it's not making power. Have you addressed your voltage system and your grounding and your fuel pump rewire and your fuel pump ground? Um, yeah. You know, all those little things that, you know, maybe may just be overlooked. Um that are extremely common knowledge nowadays, and we sell parts to fix most of them. So, uh, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, hey, you guys, with the 3800s, like, just take all your old your, your ground wires off and just wire just wire clean brush them. them and it's a huge thing. Dielectric grease them and put them back together, and you would be amazed at how how much less your your dash lights dim when you kick your headlights on, <laughs> and like, you know, when you crank your radio, your your radio is not dimming as the bass hits, like. There's a lot of gains to just cleaning up all your ground wires and whatnot. Yeah, and it's they're really in inexpensive mods. Like it's just your time and your dedication to making sure that the car's a you know a complete unit. Um, I think it's it's really easy to get caught up in the big things, but you know like oh I need a three inch exhaust. Well, you probably don't need a three inch exhaust if you got an yeah. M90. Like have you addressed all the little things? So 
one thing worth mentioning. But how about uh, just the progression of, um, uh, you know, boost over the years when you, you know, jeez, oh, when we, uh, when we, when we, story when with you that. coined your name Turbo Tim. Yeah. So you know, Turbo Tim, I came from a whole bunch of Mi Turbo Mitsubishi's, and um, I'm working at ZZP. <laughs> I don't know. I was here a year or two. And Matt Meekoff came to me and he's like, hey, like, you had a bunch of turbo cars. Like, why don't you get a Grand Prix and we'll turbo it? Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I went and got a Grand Prix GT. Uh, Matt pretty much built me a turbo kit and we put it on and we went to a dyno, like a, like a Grand Prix days dyno day. And um, my car was like the highest wheel horsepower dyno that day. And, and it just fired up like two days before. Like we Matt threw a turbo on it, and we went there, and it made 417 at the wheels, at like, I don't know, the boost number was high back then. I mean, we do the same thing with a lot less boost now, but mm -hmm. um, it was like I don't know, like 16 pounds or something <coughs> like that, on really 93 that octane because we didn't have E85 back then. Not yeah. meaning to sound old, but we didn't <laughs> have that, so all we had was was 93 pump gas. Did your car ever run on E85? It didn't exist. No. Really? It so was like. E85 was pretty much brand new when I was done with – I actually, three or four days ago, had a Facebook memory that was uh, 10 years ago, and I was celebrating because I had just sold my last pile of 3,800 stuff. Oh. Wow. Guys, I'm going to swap out for Big Daddy Zoom. He's here to talk about 3,800s. Yeah. A lot more than me. <laughs> Chad Ledger, um, I see your question about E85. Uh, E85 actually does not need more timing. Um, if you're not limited – if you run E85 with a higher octane, you're allowed to run more timing, but it does not require more timing to make more power. Yeah, there's a little forgiveness there yeah. that you can take advantage of, but it's definitely not required, which is crazy because Steve was running a lot of timing on his NIC record holder for years um, with that pump gas. Man, I thought that was on E85 all this time. It was always 110 in the tank. <laughs> always a couple gallons of 110. Uh, I had that, that was the magic yeah. fuel back then, just spritzing in a little bit of yep, 110. Throw a gallon or two of 110 in at every tank, and that. Oh, that's not bad. Just stop me from blowing it up most of the time. Uh, Zoom Zoom ran uh, what low lead 104 a lot, right? Mm -hmm. From uh, post drive. Yep. Yep. Nice. That's what we had. Yep, that's what we had back then. It was expensive, you know, three something a gallon at least back then. That was a. Uh, they're oh expensive man. for those days. Yeah, now. 15 years ago now. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we were just saying. We were just saying how uh, <coughs> how the times have changed, but, you know, from what you guys used to do in the early 2000s to how we modify 3800s today is there's a lot more advantages we have, but how you guys were so good at making the power back then, we're still chasing a lot of those numbers, and, you know, a lot of those records still stand. But, uh, you know, it's just – and then we were talking about uh, some turbo stuff and – how the force induction came about with Turbo Tim and all that. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. We still got your car on an M90, though. We we did some things that we wouldn't normally do in a customer build. Um, and, and a lot of stuff that's just not practical, you know. I don't know if I ever talked about using, like, aluminum tubing instead of radiator hose. Oh, yeah. Because it was ounces cheaper, ounces lighter. We finally know. just took that off the car last year when <laughs> yeah, we redid the intercooler yeah. system. Just stuff like that. I was always doing stuff before other people were doing. I did the aluminum cradle first. And, you know, I would once in a while, someone would come by the car and be like, hey, what's that? Uh, shh. You know? Yeah. Can yep. you elaborate and on uh, the aluminum cradle story at all? 
Uh, I'd rather not. Um, yeah, I'd rather not. Acquired an aluminum one. cradle yeah. over a weekend and yeah. got it in the car. and yeah. good. So many stories about, uh, you know, it would just be out in the wild. Like, oh, you can't do that. And I'd ask. I'd ask, oh, has anyone ever tried this? No, it, it doesn't work or it can't or whatever. And, <coughs> you know, Thrasher had written a big article about how you couldn't use um, – what was L36? You couldn't you yeah. couldn't put booster in L36. There were all these reasons why, you know, uh, convincing, very convincing, very professional, all put together, you know. And they were top dogs in initially, um, and it was and it was me kind of by accident that where uh, in a I pinch. did, you know, yeah, because I I blew up a stroker motor, I think, you know, I had some weird prototype yep. stroker motor using some rods I found out of a 1970s eight cylinder, and I. Pinto, cut them, cut them. No, they down. were Buick. It was it was out of an eight. Small they were Buick. Eight, yeah, there right? was it was a small Buick V8. Yeah, offset ground. Offset ground to crank. Use those rods. Cut the rods to work. You know, did all the measurements. Offset bushed the rod, the small end of the rods. Yep. And it was wild. And, and it and it worked for well for a little while. You know, until it didn't. Until it didn't. Yep. Um, still don't <coughs> know why, but um, yeah, it lasted. It made good power. Everything was great. I was setting records, and but it didn't last more than some number of weeks. You know. Um, but yeah, so did the L36, swapped it in the afternoon, went to the track, set records. Yeah. Um, messing with the head gaskets was another one where, um, you know, changing the, um, changing the deck height a little bit, changing the, uh, it was like, how much, how much quench area do you need? And I didn't know, and nobody could answer. Everyone would just give me yeah. these standard answers. Cause I was like, oh, how much space do you need between the piston and the head? Cause I'm not a car guy. A lot of people didn't know that. I'm not a car guy. That was my biggest advantage in 3800s is that I wasn't a car guy. So you didn't I'm have any and rules. And, and I'm an extremely disagreeable person. Like when someone tells me I can't do something, it literally means nothing to me. My entire life, everyone says you can't do something, right? So I tried everything. And, you know, a lot of times people were right. Yeah, I guess they were right. Can't do that. You know, it didn't work. But I would say a good 50% of the time, they were full of shit. They mm -hmm. didn't mean to be. They didn't know. They were just passing on. You would ask a hand. question that everybody just goes, oh, everybody knows the answer to that. Everybody knows on a small block Chevy, you X, Y, Z. Yeah. Throw that idea out the window and you're, why, why, you know, why not? Yeah. Let's try this. And yeah. So then I just, I just, I, and I asked so many people about that piston. Well, how close, uh, you know, what kind of clearance do you need? And ah, they tell you, and it would just be all book shit. Right. And I was like, well, I'll just make it smaller until it, the pistons kiss the head and see what happens, yep. right? And I did, and it worked. And, uh, you know, it was, it was just so many of those kinds of things that was giving me these advantages until other people discovered them and, uh, you know, moved, moved into stuff. Yes, yeah, down, down to stuff like uh, multi-layer head gaskets, Zoom was like drilling the rivets out and pulling layers out yeah. to thin, you know, make the head gaskets thinner to crank the compression up. I mean – the, the rest of the story on the L36 was, uh, you know, the, the stroker blew up. He had an event like a couple days a couple days later, and a friend of ours had a NA engine just sitting in his garage at his parents' house. And Zoom's like, I need an engine. Tim, go get it. So I jumped in the ZZP van, went and fetched this engine, zoomed through it in the car, and it made great power. And I don't know if it ever didn't have an L36 in it from that point on until maybe no. you – Twin charged it a few years later, but and I, I made the mistake of telling Cook Scott Cook about that, and then he started posting online that I had a prototype lightweight race engine uh, on <laughs> yeah. the forums. What are you gonna say? AKA you know? hundred dollar junkyard motor, but whatever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, same thing, same thing. 
Yeah, it's, um, it's still our go-to bottom end for the M90 if you're going to do something crazy. I milled heads because I was like, how far can you mill heads? No one would give me an answer, so I just kept milling them. And I think I had a set of heads that was, man, I must have taken like 100 thou yep. off the heads, right? NA heads, yeah. Um, but, of course, they're, so f- they're paper thin, so they're just <coughs> floppy, right? So as soon as you put boost to them, they'd blow out in the, the traditional spots between the main studs, yeah. right? I don't even know if we had main studs at that time. might have been head bolts yet. And they'd blow out. So then I was like, well, can you put extra bolts in there? Again, no one could give me a straight answer about it. I literally took a hand drill and drilled nice. through the heads and rigged up five sixteenths bolts, which, again, you couldn't do because they were too small, right? And you can't use a hand drill because it's not straight. So all these things you can't do. <laughs> and, they, and, they, and, I, and I had to goop them because they leaked coolant, you know, because <laughs> they weren't straight. But it worked. It got me down the track. Yeah. You can't do that on a customer car. can't do that on a daily driver for a period of time. But you can do it to test. And so what I would do is I would bypass the normal, what would you call it? Like, it takes a long time. We didn't have equipment, right? So if you're going to pull everything apart, send it to the machine shop, wait for them to do it, like all this kind of stuff, it just takes too long when it's like there are too many things on this car I have to do. I have to just rig it. If it works, then over here we'll do it right. You know, but if it doesn't work, why waste the money? And so it was all very, very, uh, what do you call that? You know, it's such budgets. We didn't have any money back then. Everything, yeah, it was like a DeWalt hand drill. Yeah. Harbor Freight bits. And like the machine shops, like they're so old school that they just don't want to do it and they don't want to help you. Mm -hmm. So like Zoom will go to them and be like, hey, I would like you to drill a hole here. And they're like, ah. You're just so going to blow your car up. This isn't going to work. Yeah, they, so they wouldn't do it here. Like you said, DeWalt hand drill, drill the hole and tap the hole and run a bolt and RTV and done. And I was told that the blocks, you could only you could only go oversize a little bit because the blocks were thin, right? So once again, I'm like, well, I don't believe you. So I brought in a block, paid to get it, uh, uh, what are they, ultrasound them or something Sonic like that? Sonic check, yep. Sonic check the block. And they tell me like, oh, you got all kinds of meat there. You got like a quarter inch on each side or something. So I'm like... Sweet. Another thing that everyone got wrong. I'm going to go big bore. I'm going to be running big pistons. Nobody else has, you know, thought of this and I'm going to do it. So I bring it to the shop. I tell them what I want to do. And they're like, uh, zoom. Like there's literally like cylinder to cylinder, not as much meat as they're telling you. Like, so yeah. unless there's a space time continuum here, <laughs> yeah. they gave you the wrong data. And I looked at that measured it. And I was like, yeah, that's true. I couldn't have this much wall and this much wall when there's not even double that between the cylinders. So I go yep. back there, and those 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 guys. That's how that's how much of a joke we were. I think they just took my money because <laughs> gave know, you I, some I, bullshit I, answer yeah, and got yeah, you there. Yeah, they, they're, they're just like freaking kid with these little tinker toys. Just just tell them something and get them out of here. Take his money, right? And they did, and I got scammed. Hmm. Uh, which 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 is why I started ZZP. Right? Was because so many shops just lied, cheated, stole my money. You know, mm-hmm. just took bullshit. So here we have ZZP because of it. But, yeah, it was very frustrating, um, very frustrating along the way doing that stuff. Yeah, many obstacles to overcome. But that's what we do here at ZZ Performance, right? Yep. Yeah. I mean, we're still, we're still battling machine shops. I mean, I can't give out, like, trade secrets, but we're still battling machine shops on um, some head stuff we want to do with 3800s yet. So, no, 3800 guys, we have not forgotten you. And we're still playing around with 3,800 stuff. Oh, yeah. We're tinkering on some cool valve train stuff right yeah. now. For Zoom's car. And if it works out on Zoom's car, we'll probably offer it 
to you know to the customers. I mean, we're still playing with thirty eight hundreds. So let me t- let me let me put uh, let me put one of my employees on blast here and Uh-oh. tell you what it's like to work at ZZP. <laughs> I, I uh, feel it's going to be me. Yeah, it's it's coming. <laughs> no, it's not Tim. It's not oh. Tim. So <clears throat> we got this Escalade, and the Escalade. Uh, I noticed it starts kind of slow, so it's been bothering me for a long time. Change the battery to start slow, and I say, Bo, you know, you run the install bay. Pull it in there. I want a, I want a big wire kit. I want to check this out. I want to do this thing right. And so then Bo. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to make Zoom proud. I'm going to pull the car. I'm going to do this, that, whatever. So this morning, because we're kind of short-staffed right now, and then Bo gets back to me, and he says, hey, Zoom, I brought in the car, and all the wires are four-gauge, so it's good, man. It's good. And I'm like, well, leave it in there so I can look at it because, you know, I don't trust my guys. I don't trust anybody. You know, <laughs> tell me there's bullshit. Everybody tells me bullshit my whole life, right? So I'm like, yeah, that's great. It's got four-gauge wires. Still starts slow, so you didn't fix shit. So – uh, I go outside, it's freezing, I'm wearing this thin-ass thing. Randy, new guy, you know, come with me. So I pop a few things out, check it out. And uh, to the guy who didn't do what I asked him to do, sitting right to my left here, <laughs> he's going to get his ass chewed, is uh, I found point, point 0.7 volts of drop um, on the hot side and point 0.5 volts of drop on the ground side. So, um, no, Bo, you, 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 you shit the bed. And you made me go outside and do your job for you, which is why I wanted it left in the garage where it was nice and warm so I could do this test. But it's okay. I got to start it outside, which is what I needed to do to run the test. <laughs> so you did half the job. I finished the other half. So here we are. Oh, thanks yeah. for that. I, I, don't, I don't listen to people when they tell me that things don't work and that uh, something can't be done. Um, the transmission, I think we went over that when I, when I said I want to run dual half-inch chains in the oh, tranny. Yeah. And, and the tranny shop said, you can't because the gears are only three-eighths and you're going to run a half inch and it's going to get all wonky and, and it won't work. I said, yeah, but just do it anyway. No, I'm not doing it. I'm not building this trans just to blow yep. up when you pull out of here. I said, I don't care. Just do it anyway. Nope, not doing it. I said, look, I'm going to pay you the money to do the trans build. This is another transmission shop. I'm going to pay you the money. And I want it to break. I just need to see, like, how long it'll break. I just want to see, like, will it even, like, pull out of the parking lot? And they're like, really? You're going to pay $1,200 to see if it'll pull out of the parking lot? Yep. That's what I want to do. I got money to blow. I just want to waste it like that, right? So um, it worked. Um, not as well, not, not, not as a solution to offer a customer, not something I can post and tell everyone, hey, go do this, but it worked well enough to where we're like, okay, that does work. So we can continue in that direction. But um, I don't know if that was in the Langer days. We, yeah, we, yeah, well, we, we, yeah, we, we go in and out of <clears throat> employee strengths and weaknesses. So if we get an employee that's good at one thing, we're going to start developing that area. And then if that employee isn't here anymore, then that's going to fall to the wayside. So that's part of what happened with the transmission. We were, we were in the middle of doing, um, well, it was a lot of years of transmission stuff. And we, we lost our guy mid development of, well, I can't even call it development. Mid yeah. research, right? We had no idea if anything we did was going to work from those guides that we had set yep. up to the dual, uh, the dual chain and spacer thing that we were setting up. But our goal was to build a cheap transmission that lasted because that really hurt that market. Yeah. And that's, that's really every market. You got to, if you have something that costs too much uh, and you have to have it because it breaks, we got it in the LTG market, those motors. We got it in the 3800 market with the uh, with the transmissions, you yeah. know. We got it in the yeah, cobalt you... market with transmissions. I mean, 
Transmission. I mean, there's a viable solution there. I mean, at least you could put enough. Now? It. Yeah, now there wasn't. We were 10 <laughs> years into modifying that car before we figured out the F40 it's, goes uh, in. Grand Prix, is like, it just stinks. Like, here's everything you need to make 500 wheel horsepower for three grand. Like, here's all your dreams. Don't ever floor it because your transmission's just going to explode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll, pu- I'll put myself on blast here a second. So um, we had a customer come in, Monte Carlo. Um, wanted a full ZZP engine, forged pistons, big cam, turbo kit, everything. Uh, had a triple edge tranny in it because we didn't offer trannies at the time. And um, I'm on the dyno just turning it up, turning it up, turning it up. <clears> and the car's just loving life. Got it up to like 540 wheel horsepower. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to stop turning this thing up. We basically handed the customer the keys and uh, he breaks his tranny. And they're like, hey, you can't make this much power on this tranny. And we pretty much ate it. We paid the bill to fix the tranny and, you know, get the car back because that's, that's what we do. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, uh, you know, we warranty our stuff and, you know, we didn't even build the tranny. I just turned it up too far. You know, it's a learning experience. For sure. I made a post today uh, and, and I tell this a lot because I don't think customers really understand the gravity of it. Like this, this business is kind of your market and, and in that 3800 you have my gratitude because the 3,800 guys have spent so much money with us and uh, they've been so good to us that it enabled us to spend $100,000 on uh, R&D for the 4T65. Uh, and for us, that's, that's a pretty big program uh, for one product. It might be the most expensive development uh, investment that we've ever done in that. In that. Uh, so you have my gratitude <coughs> because you guys gave us that money uh, you know, through your support and purchases. And then you also have my apologies because we failed to deliver, um, you know, really what you expected to see out of us in that market. And, and it just bothers me a lot that we weren't able to take that to completion. Um, but, you know, like the guy said, we have not given up on that market yet. We nope. still love making parts for it. Uh, we still love tinkering with the cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've still got secrets to share that we let trickle out here and there. Yep. Um, so, so yeah, it's 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 fun. Yeah. Short stack intercooler release went well. We've yep. been working on that forever. Everybody was super waiting. Next up, with that's going to be that big of scale is probably the HV uh, insert. Yes. Oh, oh my have gosh. We, have we have we talked about that? Um, we've we've just been hinting around. Nothing too crazy, but they no know one, it's no one's seen the prototype. No. no. We can release that. We can show. We yeah, can we can teaser that pic. Nobody can copy that. That's yeah. impossible. Yeah, it's gonna be yeah. a tough one. It's <laughs> absolutely impossible. So people are gonna like that. Trevor's one. Trevor's listening right now. He's uh, he's been wanting to share it a bunch. <laughs> that thing is so cool. You're gonna want a clear plastic intake manifold so you can see it. <laughs> absolutely. We've, yeah, been We've been playing with that a lot the last it's, uh, year or so. Uh, we should call it like F1 insert or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, like, it's pretty badass. It's absolutely. It, it makes the old stuff look. Uh, Almost embarrassingly simple. I yeah. think you I know. think one of the the coolest things about the thirty eight hundred is how great that engine still is. It is it is twenty twenty three, and the thirty eight hundred still can get thirty miles a gallon and make like two hundred and fifty wheel horsepower with just a few bolt ons. Like yeah. that that oh, thing is we, so we, relevant still. Yeah, we've got um, a whole timing chain system. Yep, a, a new setup coming out. Cleaner oil. Mm. less uh less less mass and yeah we're still doing it we yeah that was the I, valve train I, I, hint i dropped okay yeah <laughs> yeah i want to i want i we, i don't think 
We don't have that on my car yet, do we? Nope. No, I just yeah. made the proto uh, last week. Okay. We're close. We'll have it in your car, and I think I'm going to stab it in my Regal, too, because I'm doing an ST2 cam. So. Okay. We'll I have two cars two. running it. I made two. <laughs> look, at, look at this guy. He knows. <laughs> yeah. Actually, so I made four because I screwed up the first two. But. <laughs> yeah. God, it's so much fun being being in development and doing that. And uh, Steve came up with a process to update uh, what will be several of our products. Just a small one, but pretty pretty slick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always Continual trying. improvement. Always trying to find ways to just eliminate dumb problems. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know much I want to say about that. but Just like, streamline everything. <laughs> yeah, streamline know? everything. I mean, if, if it's cheaper for us to make, we can pass on the savings to you guys. Um, less time in our hands, you know, from, from the CNC machine directly to the box, ready to go. Like, if we don't have to dink around with all these value-added processes and mm-hmm. stuff like that. I mean, we can pass all those savings on to you guys, which is what we're all about. So we're just always looking for ways to streamline everything. Yeah, back to what Tim was saying, though, about how a ton of people haven't caught on to how good the 3800 is. I'm, I'm kind of appreciative of that because you can still get them for a fair fair amount used. Yep. You know, like there's, there, the prices aren't through the roof on a used 3800. But, um, you know, it's it's crazy that these guys all went LS when the 3800 is half the price, half the weight, and uh, maybe not half the weight, pretty comparable weight, but has the same power potential, you know? It's a V6. Yeah. So you, you're just going to – the V8 market is just – Just scares them away. Yeah. It's just like last week when we were talking about Honda versus Cobalt. Like, it's just kind of viewed as cooler to mod the Honda than a Cobalt. That's why you see 10 to 1 modded, you know, Hondas versus Cobalts, and that's why you see so much more LS stuff. Yeah. Because the 3800, I mean, it makes great power and great fuel economy. You know where we lost some of our guys to V8? Is we didn't have the equalizer. Absolutely. Yeah. I, was, I was waiting for my, I was going to speak up yeah. about that sound, is the reason that my driveway is full of LS stuff right now. Yeah. Even though I could probably make more power with a turbo 3800, but I'm going to break the transmission first. And it's going to sound like shit second. Yeah. Until the equalizer's out. Now they sound great. Now I'm like constantly like just having these dreams. Like, what can I swap one of these motors into? <laughs> I, I want something old and. Yeah. I mean, you can still manual tranny swap it. I mean, and we still haven't yeah. given up on the 4T65. We're just, we're just waiting. We're always looking for talent. <laughs> we're, you know, we were yeah. trying to hire this one 4T65 tranny guy. You know, it didn't work out. But another guy will come, you know, come up and maybe we'll, maybe we'll revisit all this. I mean, I, well. We will revisit this. It's just we're just waiting for the right employee. I think it was, I think it was Alex that brought forth the equalizer, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so some backstory. Everybody, including us, has tried ten thousand things to make that thirty eight hundred sound good. Nobody has ever accomplished it ever. And then someone on uh, Facebook. Was yeah. It? Somebody on Facebook yeah. took a set of pace setter headers and lengthened one of the runners a certain no, amount. No, they did the undercar. Yeah, big horseshoe under the car. They did a big, yeah, big horseshoe under the, the, under the car. And we argued. You said it was fake, Steve. I said it sounded like somebody <laughs> dubbed a Supra on top of it. Said it was fake. Yeah. Yep. He said it was fake. And so we are, we struck, we almost didn't move forward because we, we watched that video. We talked about it. We debated in the meetings because, honestly, we don't want to waste our money, which is your money. We don't want to waste money. Uh, developing something that is based on a customer making a fake product. And um, so we then decided, okay, well, let's go forward with it because maybe it's real. And uh, I had found videos of Commodores in Australia, which are north-south engine placement with more uh, 
traditional true dual exhaust with an X pipe, and it sounded just like that guy's Grand Prix. Yeah. Okay. And that's where we decided right there that this guy's not full of crap, and we need to keep going. Yeah, we tried the resonator first, yep. and uh, that actually worked decently well, lengthening the one runner length in the resonator with a dual down pipe. And then the problem was it just didn't last long. It would blow out the baffling in the resonator. So we went from that to let's just prove the concept of what the guy basically did in the YouTube video, which was lengthen the one shorter uh, bank. And then we finally achieved the sound. And then from there, um, we were talking in Tim's office one morning, and I'm like, what if we just take a T3, down, T3 crossover and don't put a turbo on it? So that's basically what Alex built the next morning was a T3 crossover with no turbo. Yep. And then we, you know, dialed in the lengths, and it was... Boom, <coughs> equalizer crossover. <coughs> yep. Yeah, but it, it's amazing how a product that doesn't seem like it'd be difficult to develop can take 20, 20 years. years. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's embarrassing, really, yeah. for, for yeah, not just us, but the whole community. The like solution really seems simple once you see it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what the hell's wrong with us? Like, why didn't we think of this 20 years ago? But what? it was a group effort. I don't remember the guy's name, but had he not yeah. posted and published that, for sure. Uh, we probably wouldn't have had it on our minds to work on it. Now, it was no small thing. It was years that yeah. we spent here. Uh, it was, it was years, and, and then when things. I got here, it was like six months to a year of just like relentless failures until we finally got it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that was, yeah, that that's how these developments go. That it was just one guy's, one guy's idea. I don't even know where he got it. but Yeah, right. You know. yeah. yeah. Works good, though. It works really good. We got it on all of our 3800s anymore. <laughs> yeah. um, and yeah, you know, everyone loves that sound. There, you know, and there's there was a lot of argument out there about uh, it robbing a lot, robbing a lot of horsepower because we're putting both banks through a two and a half inch downpipe, and then you know we kind of proved that wrong right before the W body meet when we switched Zoom's GTP over from the big boy um, inch and seven eighths headers to a equalizer setup, and I think it lost eight horsepower, and it, it went from like 422 to you know, 14s as mm-hmm. far as, uh, and the boost stayed the same. That's That was what the most impressive thing was, is we thought we were going to see a huge boost increase with without running the inch and seven eighth header, and the boost didn't change at all. So and I know I would give up eight horsepower for that sound. Exactly, sure. and, that, that, and that's what we but were saying. But did we go from <laughs> inch and seven eighths to inch and five eighths, or, or, or is that set up inch and three quarter at the head? They're inch and five eighths on the power logs. I'm pretty sure. So we went down two steps. Yeah. In, yeah. Um, do we have any plans on making a inch and three quarter power log setup? We had well, some. We had cooler plans than that. We yeah, just like a shorty header, basically. Yeah. Equal okay. length, dual equal length headers is the plan. It's just you know waiting on R and D time. Mm-hmm. Just waiting on R and D time. Who who's in, who's on that project? Who would be? I, I, I think it would be Alex. Yeah. Alex is our F1 header maker. Well, I know guy. he's our exhaust guy, and I know he's trying to get the OBD2 down on the, uh, the, the custom cat stuff we got. Yeah. Going. He's got a lot of time in compliance. Um, yeah, man. Like, you guys you guys don't understand. Like, the EPA is a thing. We, like, we are investing a lot of time right now to keeping these cars totally legal when it comes to the EPA because if you guys want our future – our future, not ZZP's, your future in modding cars. Yeah. We can't be doing cat deletes and all this, especially when you don't gain any power from it. Yeah. It's it's fine. A cat is fine, you know, and 
if we can figure this this cat stuff out to where you can put downpipes on without having check engine lights and not having to you know delete codes and stuff you know our future is going to live on yeah there's not a car on zz performance property that doesn't have a catalytic converter on it no zoom enacted that rule a few years ago he said if your car doesn't have a cat on it don't park it in our parking lot yep literally we're pro cat here through and through and if you if you ask if you email in and asking us to delete a bunch of codes you know this is just stuff we we're not we're not going to support so no we can't too many other companies have gone down and yeah. had tens we, of thousands of dollars in fees if not more we, we want to be here for the long run and we're also you know if we were here just to make the most power we would be selling turbo ls setups yeah right that's what we do we do small displacement stuff because we enjoy the sport we enjoy the challenge uh, we love the intricacies and the journey and the discovery. It is it is amazing when we run into each other's offices like, what do you think of this? I discovered this. Let's try this. Look, I gained this on the dyno. And it's a, it's a challenge, <clears throat> and that challenge is fun. And that's, that's why, uh, you know, I don't really think we're going to be, you know, the, we, we, we could all drive Teslas. Um, I've got a Tesla. It's one of my vehicles. But – it's not our fun cars. It's not our sport. It's not where we're going to go. Uh, there isn't any kind of finesse to doing electrics or, in our case, to saying, hey, look, you know, I made a 1,000 horsepower because I got a, a, a turboed LS. Well, I would hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so what? Someone is, oh, I, I, just, I just bought this, whatever it is. I spent 150000 Look at all my horsepower. Yeah, so what? That's that's there's no fun in that, you know, like it's cool. Sure. But it's completely different than what we try to do here. We almost go in the opposite direction. Challenge ourselves. What can we get out of, you know, this is why we do the one four because it's 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 an underdog motor. It's like who could ever get power out of a one four. That's why we got in the thirty eight hundreds a long time ago. Everyone was eight cylinder. Everyone said you couldn't do it. And, you know, look how far we've taken the thirty eight hundred. What are we? It took us years to figure the one four out. Years. Took us multiple, years to figure multiple, the 3,800 out. Yeah, multiple employees, you know, failed, failing, you know, at it and until somebody just tries something and just starts to figure stuff yeah. out. When Jack Neal ran a 12.9 with his uh, 3,800, I said, that's not possible. He cheated. <laughs> that, was, that, 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 that was my opinion. <laughs> I was like, it's just too fast. It's just not even possible. A 3800 going 12 you know and he had he had these pistons that propped up the back he's running skinnies he had you know he's doing race fuel like he had, he knew a lot of things from previous race experience you know so he brought that kind of in 3800 but you know now i mean 12 12s but jeez <laughs> like we we minivans run we, 12s we, well yeah what would we run na yeah 125 i think yeah 126 yep yeah, yeah. so <laughs> That um, one still blows my mind. Twelve yeah. six NA. <laughs> Twice we did it. We did it with um, a stroker motor, and then uh, oh, you're cheating! It's not a thirty-eight hundred. Blah blah blah. Whatever, right? So then uh, I pulled that motor apart, and then I did it with compression. I think I had almost thirteen to one compression or something. Whatever I could get, I, I milled pistons down on the top. And then I changed the uh, head gasket thickness. I milled heads down. Like, I, yeah, I got to just about 13 to 1. Sounded different. I bet it sounded really cool. 
Yeah, it sounded it punchy. Had a good, yeah, it had a good sound to it. <laughs> it sounded a lot different than other 3800s. Yeah. You know, you could tell something was up with it. <laughs> um, it's hard to do. When you go, when you change the stroke, it changes the cam requirements. The stroke motors want longer duration cams. Don't know why. They just, they, they make the cams act smaller. Mm -hmm. And then when you go high compression, they want a little bit different cam too, but we never totally dialed that in. So we were just trying random, random crap at that point. And, you know, we were so far in the lead. I don't think we, um, I don't think we pursued that much further. And then by the time the aluminum heads came out, and you know, there's different things. There's only so many projects you can keep going with. Yeah, for sure. Working with the uh, the crew we got here, we do what we can. <coughs> yeah, I can't even imagine what we would be able to accomplish nowadays. You know, we're sure. we've got a, a better crew than we've ever had. Man, mm -hmm. it would be. We've learned a lot. We, uh, our R&D team is so much better. Like, we have people that are available to engineer parts. Like, back then, like, we were – we all had multiple jobs. We had – we're running around with multiple hats. And it's like, if you want us to pick this ball up, we have to set this other ball down. Mm -hmm. And now we actually have people that are in charge of, like, you know, moving us forward. And that's great. That was a great spot to be. That was – I think Alex might have been, like – our first employee that was like, okay, you're R&D now. Yeah. Make your position. You don't have to like, stop R&D to go build yeah. this downpipe for customer Bob so we can ship out parts. today. And then you got to go put it in the box yourself or yeah. go answer some emails. Or, no, just work on making stuff. That's what we want you to do. And that's worked out really well for us. He's uh, coming out with a lot of really cool stuff. Yeah, right now he's, he's really into the uh, Gen 2 Cruise. He's you been know, going I, to town on my car. We're bringing it back in Monday for some more stuff. Yep. We got some uh, parts, I guess, <laughs> parts in the 3D printer uh, going over the weekend. Uh, we're putting those on Monday. Um, intercooler development's going to start next week, so we can talk about that one a little bit. You know, that's and I just, you know, secret. I just request just be patient mm. with us. I know you hear us talking about Gen 2 Cruise a lot, and we have the Gen 2 Cruise guys that are like, oh, what's what's a new part? What's a new part? And it's like there's a lot of time involved in this. You know, you have to engineer a part. You know, you have to have an idea. You have to engineer the part. You have to put the part on the car, you know, get it on another <coughs> car and, and just keep engineering and playing around with this thing to make to like perfect it. And then you have to produce it and make it like producible affordably. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, it's going to be a few months before you see more Gen 2 Cruise stuff pop on our website. But and it might fail, you know, and, and they might. Yeah. It, because we always do like mm -hmm. every new market. We have a part that is a just a huge headache, you know, it, but we'll tell we'll tell the audience about it afterwards, even if we fail. You know, yeah. we'll tell them what we tried, maybe save someone else from doing it. Yeah, we try and build everything here in house. So, I mean, we're we're learning from scratch. Like we're not going to K and N and having them build us an intake. We're not yeah. going to Magnaflow and T and make us an exhaust system like that's those are specialty companies that do one thing. They're more likely to get it right the first time uh, we kind of trial and error a lot of stuff and learn from our mistakes and keep moving forward and um, well they're they're a vol those kind of companies that make one part they're a volume producer they make they make one kind of part for every car they mass produce it and they need to figure out their recipe and yeah, what they works got a recipe and they go there and they do it and we've kind of you know we've got a <clears> little <throat> bit different method that we do because um We've got other motivations for what we're making, and you gotta understand, like we're all driving these cars, and we a lot of times the parts come out the way we want them to come out, not not necessarily the way that is gonna be best mass produced. Like w the guys want the mm -hmm. best part on their own car, 
So they're like, nope, I don't want it like this or I want it like that. And sometimes parts aren't even viable, but it's what people want anyway, so it's what we do. Um, you know, it's like Matt, Matt's, Matt's is out of the bag, right? Yeah. Okay. Is yeah. it? I don't think we ever r- – not officially, uh, but we're not trying to hide it, sort of thing. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a secret. I mean, it's yeah, parked Matt, out front some days, so it's not a secret. Okay. Yeah. So Matt's got. Uh, we we gave him a um, a C8, right? Rear rear engine, twenty twenty three, yeah. C8 vet, and uh, he's like, I want this one because I want to build a twin turbo kit for it, and uh, drive it. You know, he took it to our bowling thing. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, that's just what happens. Like, wh- what he wants, that's what he's going <coughs> to get. The turbo kit that's on there, he's, he's building it because that's what he wants. And the audience will get to buy what Matt wanted for himself. Um, not necessarily, you know, w- what we would mass produce. He'll make it in a way we can produce it, but that's just kind of the way we go. You know, most of the parts on the 3000 early days, they were parts that I wanted on my car. They, they ended up going out there, parts that we need. Um, the timing thing, I think, was my idea on the 3800 that mm-hmm. we're coming out with. It's because what I want on my car. Mm-hmm. I'm going to save a pound. That's a lot to me. Um, <laughs> and there's some other advantages, too. But yeah. yeah, Man, saving a pound of rotating weight, that's huge. I remember when you and I used to run into, into each – well, not our offices back in the day. We would run up to each other's desks. But um, <laughs> we would, like – run up to each other and be like look at this i just pulled this is eight ounces out of my car like we used to do that all the time you know like i pulled this out and it didn't affect anything and and then he would go run out and pull it out of his car or vice versa you know it's uh and we have a lot we've got a lot of employees with platform cars too i mean I, Steve Didn't we and count I count one time how many platform cars we had. In the well, middle? Steve, how many how many 1.4 liters do we have in ZZP? 16 or 17. I'd counted a few weeks back, probably a month ago. Yeah, I, I was like, <laughs> man, we've got to have five, six, shit, 10, 12. Started writing them down, and <laughs> yep. there's I yeah. think 16 or 17. And only a couple <clears throat> of them are company like ZZP owned. Oh, like, like all the shipping guys and stuff started. Like, yeah. one guy bought one, and everybody's like, well, I want a Sonic, too. And now they've all got Sonics and Cruises. And yep. Yeah. So we figured out how to make them fun. Yeah, we figured out how to make them fun, and now everybody that works here wants one. Yep. Some would call it a family. Some would call it a cult. But <laughs> either <laughs> yeah. join it or don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, yep. Connor, our, our catbacks, uh, before we brought our, our muffler manufacturing in-house here, we're, we did use some Magnaflow mufflers and stuff. But that was kind of the early days of us uh, – that was like over 10 years that ago. That was old building stuff. So yeah, that was 10, 12 years ago. We we have our own mufflers now. Um, but, I mean, that's how you start. But yeah, you start. I mean, we obviously made mufflers many, many years ago, and a whole bunch of them failed, you know, until we figured it out. Now they're in-house. We've got ZZP them figured mufflers. out now. So. I don't yep. think we sell any exhausts that use any non-ZZP mufflers anymore. Nothing. Definitely not. I think the Ion <laughs> was like the last one that had a Magnaflow muffler on it for a I've little while. I've been selling a lot of our uh, our ZZP branded mufflers to some like local guys for platforms that we don't support where they would normally go buy a Magnaflow muffler off of Amazon or something like that. Yeah. Uh, they've been buying them for me because they're a good quality 304 stainless hard pack muffler that, I mean, it just works good. They sound good. They're awesome quality. Yeah, I oh. pulled the Ford up the other day in my old Ford truck, and Ryan's like, man, that thing sounds good. I'm like, 
ZZP cat, ZZP muffler. <laughs> <laughs> I got them on my Trailblazer and, some, and my uh, some three inch stainless and my scrap bin. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I got a trash can exhaust system on the Colorado <laughs> with new mufflers, nice new mufflers. Yeah, our specific stuff is is it's very specific. You know, Alex, Alex has got what six six months into what wash coat to put on the cat. I think. Yeah. Um, at least, at least six that. months, maybe, maybe more closer to a year, I think really. Yeah. Um, and, and that we don't, we don't really care what this, what the products do on all the other cars. We care what they do on our cars and, and people keep asking where, where the one four downpipes are. They've been out of stock forever. That's where they're at. We are literally working on this every single day, trying to solve this problem. Yep. This isn't like. We just don't want to sell them anymore. Like we're actively trying to find a solution here that, yeah, sell uh, that keeps legal. EPA happy, yeah. keeps the car happy. And, and there are companies who you know don't get us wrong. We're not the only ones that can do this. There's companies out there, and they've got product that they'll sell us, uh, and we can use their cat, and we can make a downpipe. But I think our cost is approaching four hundred dollars uh, for just the cat from someone else that's figured it out. And so, you know, when someone comes to me and says, "Well, Zoom." You, you can do you, we, we can do this we can sell an illegal product no no um we can sell it with their part no i don't want to do that because uh, i don't like selling other people's parts if we can help it and i can't sell a downpipe for 700 dollars to the audience we'll just you know someone might do that so if we can solve this um you know in our typical mode we'll have an affordable part that's legal that works um and we'll offer something that to my best of my knowledge, no one else is going to do or can do. But when you're trying to do something that doesn't exist, it is not easy. You can't just call up, um, in this particular case, you can't call up MagnaFlow and say, uh, give me a cat and, and, and then sell a product. We could. MagnaFlow has a lot more resources than we do, and they probably can, you know, just ask their cat guy, you know, what's going to work. But then we're selling a $700 downpipe with someone else's name on it, right? And if there is a problem, uh, we can't warranty it the same. You'll notice all of our uh, other branded parts have a one-year warranty. That's what everyone offers, MSD, MagnaFlow. So I, I don't know about MagnaFlow. A lot of these companies have a one-year warranty. And so we'll, we, at ZZP, anything that's branded ZZP, two-year warranty. And if it ends up being a defective part where uh, it's, it's mass failure, then we extend that warranty. Uh, we don't have an official policy on that, but that's just the right thing to do, right? If we designed it wrong, if we developed it wrong, um, we fix it. I yeah, think we that's just on had us. A, we'll take care yeah, of it. Yeah, I think we just had a regal guy with one of those downpipes before we figured yeah. it out. Five years old mm -hmm. or something or like that. Or more than that, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, like, yeah, we'll replace it all for you, you know, no charge. Um, yeah, that's the biggest thing. Don't feel free or feel free to reach out. Don't. You know, don't think that we're just going to, you know, turn you away by any means. Feel free to reach out, especially before you run to Facebook. We'll take care of you on it, no, even if it is five years old. You know, we always, we're well, always, well, we'll help you out. It, I mean, it, it depends it, yeah, on the Yeah, we'll always help you out, but it, it totally depends on the situation. Like I said, we have a two-year warranty on the product, um, and that is, hey, this thing just wore out. Well, we have a two-year warranty. Yeah. But often there is a case where you got an early design of a part, and it prematurely failed. Or it was designed uh, in a way that we realized wasn't going to last a long time, like with with yeah, the regal, regal thing. Like we made a rolling change on the downpipe and yeah. had updated the design on it, stuff like that. So we took care of the guy. Always, yep. and, always and, 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 that, and that's ones. the way we operate. But we don't make it official because then we'll get people <clears throat> like, "Hey, 
you know, my injectors are all clogged. I bought them 10 years ago. Are you guys going to do the right thing and swap them out? Uh, no, we're not because, you know, we don't warranty Lucas injectors for 10 years because you have an old car with old gas in it. Sorry. Yeah. That's, that's, we have a one-year warranty there. Yeah, um, Connor Murphy mentions uh, K&N's got a lifetime warranty. Yeah, K&N's has got a pretty easy, non-liable product. A cold air intake and or, or an air filter. I mean, yeah, we'll easily have a lifetime warranty on something like that. But you want to make I, a I wasn't downpipe. able to get my warranty on my K&N thing. So I don't know how easy it is to uh, get a lifetime you warranty. You can mark a box guaranteed. <laughs> yeah, um, there's a lot of times where you see something that's like, well, it got crushed, it's it's damaged, it's this, that, whatever, right? But, um, you know, and you're buying King and then through a distributor. And if you go back into a lot of distributors, they're going to tell you to deal with K&N. And when you deal with K&N, you know, they're not going to be as straightforward easier. Not saying it's impossible, but um, I have not had, I don't think, a single experience where someone bought a ZZP airbox and said, you know, I can't get a warranty on it and it fell apart and it's shitty. I don't think it's happened once. We've sold thousands and thousands of airboxes. We've sold thousands of airboxes in single platforms. Um, you know, I was shocked to hear how many, what was it, cruise airboxes or something we had sold? Cruise is really big. I don't remember what it was, but it was yeah. one I didn't even realize we sold. Our yeah. Yeah. Well, base model Cobalt airboxes. Like a market that we didn't think was a big market, and then we realized that we've sold yeah. thousands of intake tubes, mm -hmm. just and like it, an inter an intermediate tube. The warranty is one of the reasons. So if you sell an, an say you sell an airbox for three hundred bucks, and it's a K and N, and your distributor, and you paid two fifty for it, um, there isn't the margin there to uh, give the level of support and service and warranty. Uh, there just isn't $50 isn't enough to manage people's issues. Um, and that's why we do bring a lot of brands, um, in house and try to make better product than what we see out there. And then we can offer a better warranty and our customers, we go a lot on, on customer feedback because one thing, so a lot of people think, and I have to have a conversation with my employees, with customers, a lot of times when you're buying a product, people think that you're buying a product. Sometimes you are, sometimes you're not. But what I've realized is that when people spend money with ZZP, they're buying a result. They're buying an idea. They don't just, not always, but a lot of times when a customer comes in and they have a build and they want it, we say, okay, it's gonna be five grand. They're not giving us five grand to put parts on the car. They're giving us five grand because they want the car to do a particular thing. And if it doesn't do the thing that we put in their head it would do, then we have a problem that we need to take care of. We got $5,000 not for the parts. We got $5,000 for a result for happiness. And that's what we have to deliver. And so that's why we do a lot of our own branding so that we can control that. Um, and uh, earlier, I think Tim said, yeah, did the right thing, paid for oh, the guy's transmission, right? Yep. You come here and we screw up your car, or we screw up a build or, or whatever it is, we want to be able to take care of that. That's why we try to have everything branded our stuff. That's why we try to have it under uh, our, our own uh, umbrella so that we can control all the aspects of the build. When it's our parts and our tune and our install, as an example, there's no excuse, right? We don't come back and say, oh, well, you know, you did this, you did that. 
And my guys, they'll bitch. They'll be like, yeah, you know, he's doing top speed runs. It's going to 120, back to zero, 120 again. Of course it blew up. And I'm like, well, that's what he came here and thought he was buying. So we got to do something about that. If, if, if customer's giving you five grand because he wants to go to 120 and back to zero again, hot lapping it, then you better figure out a way to make that car do that or tell him we can't take his money, you know? Yep. Um, don't don't do that, by the way. <laughs> Just don't 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 I do wish. don't do top speed runs. I wish in it was only one twenty. I <laughs> yeah. really wish it was only one twenty. These not. guys pumping their tanks full of ninety one octane and going hundred and sixty and back to it's ridiculous. Stop and back and to 160. Scans, Is this a good initial scan for my 1.0 file? I went 160. No. <laughs> it's uh, not good. So just a tiny bit of care, concern, and common sense, guys. Um, ask a lot of questions. We're not afraid to answer. Uh, the gas is a big deal. There's a lot of states. I'm sorry, you're screwed. Talk to your governor. You're never going to be like the other guys. If you're running 91 <laughs> in your state, and not even all 91 is the same, not all no. 93 is the same. So, you know, find out, ask us. We know a lot of states, and we know, uh, thank God, Michigan has good gas. Uh, so that's awesome for us, but it also makes it hard for us to tune your cars when you're filling up in Michigan and then driving back home to, say, Minnesota. There you go. Yeah. You know, there are, there are states that are, are definitely uh, worse than others for fuel quality. I mean, that's, that's why uh, ZZP really pushes remote tunes on people because we can see – how your car runs on your mods, your fuel, <coughs> and we can help you change it to make it safe. Yeah, your foot, your fuel, yeah. your road. Your dr yeah, and I like that Bo mentioned your foot because, like, there are some customers where they just – the gas pedal never hits the floor. And or I have to tune all, kind of around their driving style. Um, there are customers that want to do four top speed runs. Some like, people's foot always hits the floor. Yeah, yeah. like – It's one or the other, too. Weird. It's it's at least once a week I'll get a scan from man it's you LTG guys a scan from you guys where you'll turn a corner get up to 107 whatever the governor is and then you'll slam on the brakes in the next turn get it up to 107 again you'll do that like three or four times on like the first revision from me so <coughs> it's like oh my gosh like okay I gotta tune this guy a little differently it's it's uh, difficult. And I, and I really can't even knock them that much because that's what I did when I was 16. <laughs> Sorry. Like, yeah. I, I did this. But, you know, remote tuning allows me to see your driving style and your fuel and mods, and we can adjust for that. Speaking but. of limiters, uh, don't don't get a tune and tell us your rev limiter is stuck at four grand because you're in neutral with your foot on the floor. <laughs> that, that's always an annoying email. <laughs> Yep, there's a different rev limiter. It's for your park neutral rev limiter. <laughs> 3,800 guys. Here's my scan, but you're in neutral. <laughs> so or many. Park. Or crack, crackle tunes. That's been getting me a lot lately. I got a guy that's really blowing me up about wanting a pop fire bang tune. Oh, man. Please, please, people. Yeah, there's Stop Matt. This. Burnout guy. Yeah. This guy just does a burnout and sends a tune. Guys, we need reasonable driving to get uh, logs. Yeah. You know, ask questions. Don't make assumptions. You know, help us help you. Give us give us information. If you don't know what to do, just ask. We'll tell you. I always say normal, aggressive driving in at least 20 minutes. And that doesn't mean let it idle for 19 minutes and then 
and then run up and down the street once. <laughs> I mean, if if you're remote tuning with me, I gave you direct <clears throat> instructions of yeah. like how long, how like the engine needs to be up to running temperature. Drive it normal for this amount of time. Give me one gear of full throttle. Like put it in manual mode and not or if fifth gear either. Yeah, like <laughs> put it in third gear or whatever you know, depending on the car. And punch it from like three thousand to six thousand. And read your emails and yeah. answer all the questions that are asked. Don't don't answer one question and then and then diarrhea a bunch of information. Like please, just if if the tuner asks you six questions, please answer all six questions in one email. Copy and paste and respond after it, please. <laughs> What time is it, boys? We got two minutes. Everybody, what are everybody doing this weekend? Steve? Getting the house ready. Oh, yes. I got a baby coming hopefully Ooh. next week, so Woo. I get to play house chores. Baby number one. Baby number one. Scary stuff. Good thing you've already acquired all of your 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 things. I have plenty of toys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm just going to be tinkering around the garage a little bit. It's about that time. We got, you know, everybody's around here just getting a little itchy to get the cars out. Weather's starting to turn. I put my summer tires on yesterday. Yup, yup. Yeah. Dude, maybe, you know, I got some tune-ups to do, get it, get the covers off, you know, <coughs> get switched over to that mode. I think we're going to get more snow, though, so we'll see how that goes. That's because I put yeah. my summer tires on yesterday. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, next week for me, summer tires next week. We can do that. Yep. This weekend, I got family coming in town. My daughter's got a play at school. She's uh, doing Mary Poppins. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've got my niece, so we'll be hanging out with her for the weekend. She and fixed we the printer today. Yeah, she, she did. I heard that. Is that a true thing? Kind of. <laughs> she. I mean, she definitely like helped take it apart and put the new part in, yeah. yeah. yeah she needed some prompting. Was she four? Yeah, three, yeah. four, yeah. yeah. Um, and F1 race, you know, that's happening. So yeah, gotta get cool guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hanging who, out with who, who, uh, yesterday's game. Whose fault was that? The, uh, threw off the, threw off the whole, the whole deal. The college, college basketball. Oh, geez. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah get ranked number one and get slaughtered. Yeah. You know? yep. What was that? that By Furman or something? Furman or something? Yeah, it was a pretty big upset. Happen? Yeah, so sorry, everybody. Uh, all of our brackets are wasted. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> all right, 5 o'clock. We're yeah, out of cool. here. We'll see you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Have a good weekend.